0: Hi, and welcome to episode 81 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life.
1: I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at
2: iPhone Life.
0: Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. This episode, we're going to start off with a tip about Facebook. As you all know, Facebook has been in the news a lot um, about some of their privacy policies that have has resulted in, I think, up to 80 million users potentially having their information leaked to Cambridge Analytica. Um, So we have a tip here that will help you protect your information so that this does not happen to you in the future. It's too late for this round. (laughs) Uh, Before I tell you that tip, though, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Jamf.
1: Yeah, uh, so Jamf is is a new sponsor of ours. I don't know that I've had an opportunity to tell you guys about them on the sponsor, on the podcast before. We're really excited to have them. What they do is they have cloud-based software that allows you to manage your iPhone and iPad. For enterprise. So, if you are a small to mid sized business, uh, it's something that's worth checking out. And what they do is basically if you're a small to mid sized business that provides iPhones to your employees, they allow you to do a number of things to make this easy. First of all, they allow you to set up your device. Uh, really quickly and easily for your employees and that means you can load in if you have custom apps if you need to set up their email things like that you can load that in really quickly they also have a lot of security settings that uh, really nice to be able to manage and they let you manage your device over time so if you want to update those apps if you want to update people's security settings over time they let you manage that remotely so really great software for uh, saves a lot of time for if you have a small to mid-sized business that provides iphone and ipad to your employees and they let you try it for free uh, and they let you up to three devices set it up for free as well so uh, make sure you check it out.
0: Cool. So now back to Facebook. Uh, first, I wanted to ask you guys: When you set up apps, do you uh, with Facebook? Do you usually allow Facebook permission to access your information? Uh, I I always only let them access my public
2: information, which would be like my profile photos and um, top image photos. And if mm. they basically insist on more, like information about my friends or more personal information about me, I choose not to use the app.
0: What about you, David? I
1: hate password management. It's really a hassle, and so I tend to use Facebook login for most things. I, When they po- have that little thing that pops up, I'll sometimes uncheck things and I don't want it to follow uh, to grant access to. For the most part, I don't really proactively manage it though and i'm kind of just dealing with the privacy side effects okay i
2: actually have logged into a few apps like tinder and instagram with facebook Mm -hmm. um but now i'm reconsidering like doing that in the future for sure and but there's only a few apps that i've done that with
0: yeah so with this tip that we're about to tell you i discovered that i had hundreds of apps that i'd allowed (laughs) facebook login I'd logged in with Facebook and I wasn't fully aware of really what, I was allowing, it's convenient. Mm-hmm. I'm the same with you, David. I tend to err on the side of like, convenience over security sometimes. Um, now I'm rethinking that. So let's just fill people in quickly on what, what's been going on with Facebook. Um, I told you guys a little bit, but uh, have you guys been
1: following this in the news? I have been following it pretty closely in the news and I have some really strong feelings about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want Let me to know? kind of yeah. give a brief update yeah, of, of what's happening? Because I feel like the what the headlines are for most, uh, of the news stories are actually kind of different than what actually happened so basically what happened was there was a consulting group uh that's based in the uk that was consulting for trump during the elections
0: this is cambridge analytica actually
1: it isn't cambridge analytica cambridge analytica was a group that was then founded with this group and there was a scientist who was based in cambridge and facebook allows people who are doing Research to have extra access to people's profiles in order to do their research, you have to apply for this, you have to get permission to it. You're when you get permission for it, you're not allowed to share this or sell it. Uh, this person, uh, from the scientist from Cambridge, got permission to do this, uh, and what he had was basically a test that analyzed. Uh, it's like one of those personality profiles of five major questions. I don't exactly Like how remember. well
0: do you know yourself kind of or friends? Yeah, well, or... it's
1: kind of like, uh, you know, you, ha- you have a lot of these people doing like INFP and, and like things like that. It's a similar pro- psychological profile that you can give yourself to see what your personality is. Okay. Um, so it's a kind of, it's a more comprehensive than like how well do you know your friends? It's a kind of somewhat legitimate, uh, profile of your five major categories and so what he did is he had people who uh who t- took this test i think it was like two hundred thousand people took this test something in that range i'm speaking without notes in front of me so don't or i guess do fact check me <laughs> <laughs> uh and but because he was doing scientific research facebook allowed him to have access to not just the people who took the study but friends of the people who took the study Uh, that's something that my understanding is Facebook does not typically allow people to have access to. Uh, it allows you to maybe, I, am not exactly sure where the bounds are, but I know that this person had extra access. They then went and sold both the results of the test, uh, and the, the access to the friends profiles of the people who took the test to this consulting group. Uh, they formed the, the new thing, which is Cambridge Analytica, which is, uh, basically the consulting, the new consulting group that ended up doing all this. And so what you ended up being able to do was take the profiles of these people who took the test, which is maybe around 200,000 people, and then match that with their likes and dislikes, uh, and then take that and build that profile for other people based on their likes and dislikes. So they ended up with kind of this thing where they could say, okay, this person has these five Things for for personality types, like like agreeableness and assertiveness, things like that. I don't remember exactly. And then they'd say, well, if you like this band, you're more likely to match this agreeableness or assertiveness. Uh, And it it Mm. was things like that. And uh, one of them was like, if you like Dwayne Wade, uh, then you are less likely to be confrontational. (laughs) Like, it was things like that. And then from there, they're able to then target them based on these profiles, uh, people who had not actually granted access To this company,
0: so the people who didn't actually—they weren't part of the actual two hundred thousand. You're saying you could assess them based on the things they liked. Yes, okay, got it.
1: uh, But part of why I'm explaining all the details is that a lot of that information I don't think was summarized to most people. And so there's a a few pieces in that, a few leaps in that that I think are important. When we're talking about Facebook access, allowed access to Cambridge Analytica so that you could hack people's minds for political gain, I think there's a lot of sensationalism there. So number one is most apps don't allow you to have the access that Cambridge did. Cambridge had it because Facebook had allowed them to have extra access to people's profiles in the name of science, which then the person went in illegally sold.
0: So you're saying in some ways it was like one bad actor.
1: Well, but I mean, there's a lot that Facebook did wrong here. I'm not saying they're not, but it's people are then taking that and I think expanding it too far in terms of like any any app could have access to all of your information.
2: I mean, a lot of apps can have access to a lot of your information. I mean, if you take those maybe less academic quizzes that are like, who were you in your past lifetime? You know, when Mm -hmm. you, before you can take the quiz, they're like, you know, give us access to your friends list, give us, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and you can
0: sort of choose not to do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And that I've always been pretty careful about. I never let apps post on my behalf too. I think it's weird that they even would ask. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but um, I think even if you do grant access in those tests to like view your friends, Facebook limits pretty strictly what that those apps can and cannot access in a way that they did not limit it in this case because it was for scientific research. Like, I don't think you can build coherent personality profiles. Hmm. Um, The second piece, so the first piece that I think is kind of overblown is how much access uh, these apps have, although they certainly have a concerning amount of access. The the second piece that I think is overblown is exactly how much influence these people were able to wield from this. Uh, To me the fact that it was a personality profile and then you could build that based on the likes and interests of people around you has potentially like scary ramifications for future uh, ideas of how somebody might use this. But in this case, it when you actually dug into it, it didn't feel like Cambridge Analytica was able to hack our minds in quite the way that like it's being spun in the media. It's like, are they really targeting people who like Dwayne Wade because they're not going to be confrontational? And that seems like loose correlations based on kind of like loose science to begin with sort of things, especially when Facebook actually lets you target pretty well how uh, like whether they're, you're liberal or whether you're Republican and where your leanings are even within that scale. So it's kind of funny that they went about it in such a roundabout way.
0: I see what you're saying, but I do feel in a lot of ways, I think the reason that a case like this got so much attention is already it feels like the internet is going this way a lot, like retargeting ads, those ads that follow you around and like seem to be reading your mind. It almost feels like you have a conversation and then there are ads after you. (laughs) I know that that's paranoid, but it just, you know, because you probably searched something or did some behavior, but it does seem like there needs to be some pushback uh, that we need to emphasize more privacy for people. And I think Facebook, uh, I was listening to an interview with Sheryl Sandberg and I found it to be disingenuous that uh this attitude that facebook just didn't know that information could be used this way and now they're realizing it i mean i feel like facebook is
2: already using this information that way right i mean like i just assume they already know like everything about me but like you know you want if they do then they should be protecting that information
0: um yeah and then going in and seeing this over the years like hundreds of apps that i've given access to i think it isn't uncalled for for people to have an uncomfortable reaction to that realizing even if it's not Facebook's usual way that they do things that somehow 80 million people's information was accessible to this firm. is disturbing.
1: I completely agree. I think to me, and I'm, I think there's a lot of legitimate concerns about Facebook and privacy, Facebook Uh and how it affects our behavior. Uh, Facebook and politics. There's a lot of very legitimate concerns. I'm happy we're having these dialogues. Mm-hmm. I think that Cambridge Analytica, while maybe it's good that it's a catalyst for these dialogues, is actually a confusing way. Into a conversation that we need to have, in that it's not actually, in my opinion, the important thing. Now, that being said, I think there's a lot of concerning things with Cambridge Analytica as well. How much did Facebook know? When did they know it? When did they disclose it? I'm not saying it doesn't right, matter. Right. I'm just saying it's a very confusing way to have this conversation, it's, which it's, I think is important. Yeah, it's
2: part of a bigger privacy yeah. issue that is really what we need to be paying attention to. Like, how much access? to your personal information are you granting different entities and how well can you trust them to protect it which seems like probably not at yeah. all <laughs>
0: yeah and i think you're right david that the coverage did make it sound like potentially this is you know swayed the elections mm-hmm. or things like that which from the way you're telling it sounds like that would be a bit of a dramatic statement potentially. yeah um but should i get into how you can go and check on your own privacy settings or yes did you guys have yes to weigh in So um, if this conversation is making you a little nervous and you're not sure how many apps you've granted information to, you can open your Facebook app on your iPhone. The tip I have here is for your iPhone or iPad specifically, it'll be a little bit different if you are doing it on your desktop. So you tap the three bars at the lower right corner of your display, scroll down, tap on settings and privacy. Um, Another thing to keep in mind with this is that Facebook has different versions of the app that they're testing at different times. So years might vary a little bit from this, but you'll find settings and privacy somewhere around here. Um, so once you've gone to settings and privacy, scroll down and tap on privacy shortcuts. And there you'll find an option called privacy checkup. And this will take you through a quick um, a quick process that will show you what information you have public on your account. And then after you've done that, you'll get to the part where you'll see all of the apps that you've granted access, Facebook access to. And there you can go through and modify how much access they have or delete them altogether. And I went through and deleted like all but four of them. And it took me about 20 minutes because I had so many. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I highly recommend going and at least checking that out and seeing, making sure that all of the settings are what you would want them to be.
1: Can we make this the question of the day too? Uh, Did Cambridge Analytica and all of these concerns, has that affected how you use Facebook? I'd be really curious to hear that.
0: Should we also, uh, you can write into how many apps you've granted Facebook access to.
1: And removed Facebook access to as you go through this tip.
0: Yeah, so email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com. We hope this tip of the week is helpful for you. If you want to get a tip in your inbox every day, teaching you how to get the most out of your iPhone or iPad, go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, and it's a free newsletter and we highly recommend it. So next up, we want to tell you about our iPhone Life Insider membership. This is our premium subscription. If you really want to get the most out of your iDevices, you can sign up to get video guides, Our ask an editor feature where Sarah answers your personal tech problems that you're having. Uh, You also get a digital subscription to the magazine and our full archive of all of our issues. And you also get video versions of our daily tips. So you'll get a clear video walkthrough that helps you uh, learn everything you can do with your devices.
1: And before we get into the question of the week, uh, we just released a partner course that's really awesome. So if you are an insider, make sure you go check it out. If you're Mm -hmm. not, make sure you subscribe to it so you can check out. And it's a photo editing course It walks you through step by step how to take the photos that you've taken on your phone and actually improve the color, uh, improve, you know, make it look more professional, which I find photo editing goes a really long way.
0: Yeah. And I find that a lot of times on Instagram, you'll see people who will over uh, over edit their photos yeah. in a way that like the color will look really unnatural and it doesn't look like them at all it doesn't <laughs> look like that yeah this photo editing course is really great about making sure that all of it is really like professional level so your photos will look a lot better but it won't be like oh that photo is overly edited i'm really so, excited to take this course yeah, actually me too. i haven't had yeah. a chance
1: and i'm like dying to because i i go through that too where i haven't really mastered all of the like different ways you can improve a photo so i get lazy and just do instagram but then it looks like i'm like took it on a polaroid in 1970 and it's it's not (laughs) quite the like professionalism i i strive for in my photography yeah
0: (laughs) so this is a great one we're excited that we got to partner with our uh, friends at iphone photography school so check out iphonelife.com insider to sign up and get access to that course and all the other awesome features i just told you about and uh, as part of our episode we like to tell you one of the questions that our insiders have asked sarah recently and that she's helped them out with so um this week i heard from
2: someone who has an interesting problem we often uh hear from people who can't find an app on their phone and so you know we actually have written a lot of tips and i've personally like emailed back to insiders like here's how you find that app which is Basically, you search your phone by swiping down from the middle of any home screen or going to the today view, which is swiping right from the first home screen. And in the search uh, search box, you, uh, you would just type the name of the app, and it should appear in the results, and if it's in a folder, um, the name of the folder
1: should appear there. Does it still? Because I okay. With so my here's what you have with to iOS do. Eleven is I can't find it anymore. You
2: have to type the entire name of the app. You oh. can't like you can't just wait until the suggestions pop up. You have to type, and then it will specifically show you the app, and then it will show you the folder name.
1: Okay, so uh, just to pause before we get into the question today, this is one of the like Sarah saying one of the most common. Requested, I just personally get like my friends and family can never find their apps. So definitely, like, if you are someone who struggles find your apps, take note, search for them. Also, I personally, I don't know about you guys, but do you guys use folders a lot anymore?
2: Yeah, and I was gonna get into that next. If you're okay. hijacking my insider I question, David, I am not hijacking. <laughs>
1: I'm adding extra stuff. But go ahead, I'll I'll pause All and, right. and come back. Yeah. To
2: it. So, um, if if you can't find the folder, if it doesn't, if if it doesn't seem to be there in the folder because sometimes you can have multiple pages in a folder um, or you just have so many folders that you just really can't find any of your apps, you can actually go into your settings and go to general and then reset um, and uh, maybe I'll add a bonus tip on putting on do not disturb Um, (laughs) reset and then choose um, to reset home screen layout to the factory default which will remove all of your apps from all your folders, and ah. your first home screen will be, you know, the stock apps that always come on your iPhone, and then every page after that will be all your apps in alphabetical order,
1: wow. which actually, oh, I didn't which actually know this.
2: I've just, and then you can find all your apps because they're in alphabetical order, and actually I've decided not to use folders anymore, I just keep them in alphabetical order, and it's great.
1: Folders are so 2009.
2: So, okay, <laughs> but here's the problem this particular insider has, which is that they don't know the name of the app. Which- This happens to me. So what do you do? Like you, you would recognize the app icon, but- This
0: actually has happened to me too. So, okay, so here's what you do. I'm where I'm like, what? And then like, wait, yeah, that's happened and, to and me. And they don't
2: even know if it's on their phone or not. So here's what you do. You go to the app store app yeah. and you go to updates and, or actually it doesn't have to be updates anymore. It can be anything, any tab, but the search tab. And you tap on, there's a little profile, teen little profile picture of you at the top right. You tap on that. And um, and then I think you tap on Purchased. Mm-hmm. and then uh, And then if you have family sharing on, you might have to, there might be more options. Like you can see what your family members have purchased, but you can tap on your name and then you'll see all your apps and on this phone. And so I recommend looking at all your apps. You'll see every app you've ever purchased, whether it's on your phone or not. Um, If it's on your phone, you can scroll through that. If it's on your phone, it will say open next to it. If it's not, there will be the cloud download icon. And so then you can find the app just because you recognize the icon and you can find out what it's named and you can find out if it's on your phone (laughs) and you can open it and you can download it so that's how to find apps
0: when you
1: can't remember the name (laughs)
0: yeah you know that app that does that thing
1: (laughs) well the other thing you can do because here's what i always i there's one app in particular that happens to me a lot and it's consumer reports app and they have an app called ratings which shows you like it has basically you can look up anything that they've done reviews on and it can show you like all the ratings of like tvs or something like that if you're a subscriber uh the problem is is the app is called Ratings, but what I search for is consumer reports because that's a logical thing to search for, Right, and I never remember that it's called Ratings except for magically right now I do. Uh, but what you can do is you can go... If What I'll do is uh, I'll go into the app store and I'll search consumer reports, and it'll show me the apps related to the keyword consumer reports, which this one is. So if you can reverse engineer what it was that you got you to that app in the first place, you can sometimes... When you set up an app in the App Store, you can down, you, could, you you set up related keywords, so sometimes if there's a keyword that isn't in the app title but is related to the app that you remember, searching the App Store is a nice roundabout way to get there.
0: Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, we wanted to tell you guys about a comment from one of our listeners last episode before we move on to our news section. Uh, our tip this week kind of overlapped with news, but we also have some other exciting Apple news to tell you guys about. Um, this one was from a CarPlay user and, uh, I think it's a really, it's, it's a complaint from a CarPlay user that I think is a really good one. And I'm curious, David, if you're going to be able to relate to it, cause he has a CarPlay system. I, can.
1: I have lots uh, of complaints about CarPlay.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm just jealous. You guys have CarPlay. I really want it. <laughs> In December, I purchased a new car with CarPlay installed. I like CarPlay very much, although I greatly prefer to u- use Waze as my navigation app. I also am a huge Waze fan the problem i have is that when it when what is displayed on my iphone 10 tries to be what is on the carplay display for example if i'm using the Waze on the phone since it's not supported by carplay if i touch the music app on the carplay display the phone will move to the music app on the phone the reverse is also true if i'm displaying the music app on the car display and switch to an app not supported by carplay on the phone carplay display moves to the home screen So basically what he's saying is that these two, your CarPlay display and your phone are tied together. And when you do something on one, the same thing happens on the other. When really what he wants to do is use Waze on his phone and use CarPlay to play music. So I feel your pain and I feel like that is annoying and Apple should make it possible to control the two separately.
1: Yeah. Well, Apple's kind of assuming with CarPlay that you are the one using your phone. And so they're trying to have the CarPlay display be the replacement display because it's more driver friendly. Right. But what happens to me a lot is I'll have a passenger in shotgun want to use my phone while i am Uh. navigating so for example i mean happened to me yesterday i just drove home from chicago i wanted apple maps up on my display so i could see where i was going while she was picking out a podcast for us to listen to you can't do that as soon as you go to podcast it pulls up the podcast app and goes back
0: it seems like there should be a setting for that because I could see in some situations you might want the two to mirror. Yeah. But that you should be able to choose to not have that happen.
1: Well and also yeah. in addition to yeah. that a side complaint is Apple needs to be if they're going to support CarPlay they need to be more proactive in it and they need to allow more third-party apps to, yeah. to have access to CarPlay. Seriously. And CarPlay is really buggy in a number of ways and they aren't proactively fixing and in fact it's often getting more buggy uh yeah it's really, really? bad yeah because
0: i um i don't have carplay i have a chevy volt and i find that the their interface is really confusing and i'm mm-hmm. just like it would be so much better to have carplay but i rented a car that had carplay in it and i just thought it was amazing it
1: is amazing i love it so that it's like i'm not trying to like knock it too far because it is um, I agree i've used most cars interfaces that i've used have been awful and carplay has a very intuitive interface it's easy to use it for the most part it functions really well it's designed well for drivers so you know it it reads my text messages to me and then asks me if i want to reply and i can just answer Uh i love it but it's just glitchy enough that it you don't want to stop using it but it drives you kind of crazy when you try to play a podcast for example it often just won't play, and you end up having to unplug my. I end up having to unplug my phone, play the podcast, wait till it starts actually playing, and then plug it back in, which defeats the whole purpose of CarPlay. Um, yeah, you're so like
0: very distracted driving right there. It's,
1: it's very much a love hate relationship for me.
0: So, moving into our news section, we have a few items. Uh, the most recent is that Apple released a red iPhone 8 a year ago, kind of halfway between the new iPhone cycle. They did the same thing, and the purpose is to uh, they give they're giving a portion of their proceeds to fund hiv and aids uh research and so you know although they don't say the exact percent that they give which is
1: true i find a
0: little suspect but um you know still it's like some of your the proceeds will go to support a good cause this time they did red with a black front. Last year they did red with a white front, and it, like there were so many articles about people of people complaining about yeah. this, saying like red and black is such a better aesthetic. Why they do like candy cane red and white? So I guess Apple listened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's one news update. We also wanted to tell you about iOS 11.3, which now has come out, and then also. Apple's Chicago event, which was a couple weeks ago now, where they released a new iPad and also some educational news updates as well. So first off, I wanted to talk about iOS 11.3. Last episode, I believe, is when we talked about uh, all the features it was supposed to have. But then upon release, one big feature is missing that I'm very disappointed in. Do you guys know what it is? AirPlay 2?
1: Only because you told me. No, it's that the cloud messages
0: messages in the cloud yeah that's something apple it's now like 10 months late because it was supposed
1: to come out with ios 11 and it's a really like it's to me it's like three years late it's annoying (laughs) yeah
0: so this for those of you who don't know messages in the cloud will just mean that your messages will sync across all of your devices uh so that you're always up to date and that's something that And I could log into iCloud.com and also see my messages if
2: I don't have a phone with me. I believe so. I think so. And I think you,
1: I'm, I don't actually know this is true, but I'm guessing you would be able to then also send text messages from a PC, which is now very difficult to do.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So. So that's something Apple pulled at the last minute, and they haven't said anything about why that is. The other feature that we were really excited about is battery health readings. Uh, Right now, there's already a battery section in your settings app. But now with iOS 11.3, they've added a feature that lets you see your battery health. Can I add one important detail about that?
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's only for iPhone 7 and earlier. Like, if you have an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 10, you won't be able to um throttle yeah you won't be so, able to throttle but you, you, can, you will can be you able be to see your, your health? battery health okay. yeah i have iphone 10 and right i see now. my
0: battery health is saying 100 percent. but a lot of people have complained that even their battery health will say something like 85 percent when they have a completely shot battery that's draining in like a half hour so people have been just complaining that the accuracy isn't that great that's my
1: experience
2: um, I, with my daughter's phone she's having like shutdowns and like crashing a lot, and now I haven't fully troubleshooted it, but supposedly her battery
0: is at 88% capacity, and I really doubt it. Hmm. So yeah, people were saying that like if you get into the 80s, it probably means actually your your battery is bad and completely needs to be replaced. Uh, but Apple but- won't replace them unless it... like meet
2: some certain diagnostic standard
0: right so yeah uh i mean you can replace it anyway but not for 29 dollars. not for the discounted rate that apple has promised to people so the feature that sarah is talking about by the way that um, only shows up on older phones iphone 7 or earlier is the battery throttling feature and that allows you to control whether apple slows down your battery in
1: order to what is it preserve something uh, it, uh apparently it's not the
2: battery it's the processing speed okay yeah
1: well the, so what happens is if your processing speed is too high it can cause your phone to re- reboot when you don't want it to and it just shuts right. off and uh, then t- shuts back on so able to avoid that they're throttling the processing speed which means your phone won't randomly shut off but in exchange your phone will be slow. painfully slow some people weren't necessarily actually expecting Experiencing their phone shutting off very often, but now have really slow phones. So it lets you choose between two evils, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, whether you want like a phone that's shutting down maybe a lot or a phone that's slow. Yeah. So it's something that's worth trying. Going in there and disabling the throttling and seeing how your phone does. It might be faster and it might not crash. And you I'm, can always change it back again if you I, need to.
1: I always do this. I get really excited about one question of the day, and then we get farther in the podcast, and I want to ask a second question. So I'm just going to do can it. Can a second one? how's it going with the battery thing <laughs> like we got uh, so many emails from you guys about this issue and i'm really yeah. curious you did 11.3 fix it for any of you guys or not so send us an email podcast at iphonelife.com if you have a seven or less are you throttling and is it is it fixing it for people who were having issues because a lot of you are having issues and if yeah. even if you have an old a newer phone i'm curious to see what your percentage is i'm at 98 percent, which i guess is good what are you guys at
0: mine says 100 percent, and i haven't had any battery problems so i think i'm
1: 98 percent. okay i haven't had any problems but it's also like i just bought this phone and i'm already not at 100 percent battery but that's just life i guess
0: yeah i guess so um so the, our last news item we want to talk about is the iPad announcement in Chicago. And part of the way we wanted to frame this conversation is to talk a little bit about whether whether if you're considering an iPad purchase, whether you should consider the, the, this new iPad or the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. which is the better offer. So um, I know you guys had some opinions on this, Sarah especially. Well, I heard <laughs> from an insider who specifically wanted to know,
2: like, they have the iPad Pro 9.7, which is an older version of the iPad Pro, and they wanted to know if they should buy this 2018 iPad. But when I looked at the specs of it, um, the, the iPad Pro 9.7 still has a better screen, it has a better camera, the processor is slightly faster, not significantly, on the 2018 iPad, and... Um, and, uh, you know, so if, if you already own that one and you're thinking you'd like to buy this new one because it's cheap, it, it's kind of not worth it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean- but
2: if you have, if, I'm sorry. I think I'll let David and you guys talk about oh. the newer iPads compared to the 2018.
0: Well, I was going to ask you if this insider did not already have an iPad Pro. If the question was just, I want an iPad, which should I buy? Can we pause
1: and uh, recap what it is, what what came out in case people didn't follow the Chicago yes, event? Yes, that's a good idea. So basically, and I'm, I'm holding my phone in front of me so I can, I can read this to you all. <laughs> uh, what, what Apple announced was basically... a entry-level iPad. So I think it's the cheapest iPad that is currently sold, but it has better specs than they currently had for the entry-level iPad. So it's, it's like
0: $300, right? I think 329 for, for the starting for 32, yeah. for
1: 32 gigabytes. It's 9.7 inches, which is what the iPad used to be. And then Apple made a thinner bezel to have it be a 10.5 inch for the iPad Pro. Uh, so it's kind of the older form factor Mm. it has a no slim bezels no slim bezels Uh, but it's a lot cheaper uh it has an a10 processor the ipad pro has the a10x processor which is it's it's not an a1010 processor i hate that (laughs) x in the apple's using now uh so it has an a10 processor so it's a slightly slower processor but still a really good processor uh it has the screen resolution is 2048 by uh 1536 versus the ipad pro is 2224 i think you need
2: to specify
1: which ipad pro this uh, the 10.5 inch right so the so newer the, ipad the latest pro. iPad yeah pro. my point is it's a it appears to be a very good resolution although i'm not reading in terms of like uh in terms of true tone oh it does not have true tone display no, it doesn't
2: have true tone or display.
1: the 10 or, or or the 120 hertz refresh rate so like Sarah's saying, even the current I uh it, it doesn't have as high quality of a screen. It doesn't have quite as good processor as the iPad Pro. But the iPad Pro starts at six forty nine and this starts at three twenty nine.
0: And the new iPad does have Apple Pencil
1: support, which is it interesting. It has Apple Pencil support but does not have blue or has Bluetooth keyboard support, but it does not have the smart connector to use Apple's uh own keyboard. Uh, Which it, I
0: don't find to be the hugest of deals because I use Bluetooth keyboards, no problem. But the smart connector does have, I think, less dropping you, issues. Yeah,
1: if you ha- if you care, then you care. The other thing that I don't particularly care about, but some people will, is the front-facing camera on the iPad Pro is 7 megapixels versus on the current iPad is 1.2 megapixels. Uh, the weight, for the record, is the same, 1.03 pounds for both the iPad Pro and the iPad
2: The older iPad Pro is slightly heavier than it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess my conclusion would be if you have the older iPad Pro 9.7, then it's not worth it to buy the 2018 iPad. If you want to upgrade, go to the iPad Mm -hmm. Pro 10.5. If you have an older iPad and you want to upgrade, like older, not a Pro model, then yeah, this would be like a great option Mm -hmm. for sure. Like cost wise in terms of the specs um so but i don't i don't think anyone who has i think you should really see how your tech specs compare under your personal ipad that you already have if you already have one Mm -hmm. but if you don't have one if you have an older ipad that clearly needs upgrading this seems like a really great deal
1: yeah i mean in general the iPad Pro is the industry leader. It's, you know, it's consistently reviewed to be the best tablet on the market, but there's so many really affordable Android tablets. I mean, I I bought a Kindle Fire recently for $79. So, when you're it's comparing a $700 iPad Pro to a $79 Kindle Fire, you got it's like a different product altogether. And so this obviously is not $79, but it's much more competitive for people who don't need the Pro. Um,
0: yeah, which a lot of people don't. Yeah, you know?
1: I'm seriously considering buying it as well, to be I honest. I am too.
0: And
2: also, um, it's amazing who Apple considers to be eligible for the education discount. Like, I didn't realize that as the parent of a college student, I'm actually eligible
1: for the education discount, which cool. means
2: I can get the entry-level 2018 iPad for less than
1: 3 29 mm-hmm. or whatever I think you typically yeah. save 50 dollars with educational discount
0: and they even they're discounting the um, Apple Pencil as well the Apple Pencil is like 89 instead of 99 it's not a huge discount but that's still nice to see
1: uh, all that being said if you can afford it and you do plan on using your tablet a lot uh, the pro is certainly better
0: uh, or wait for the fall and see if there's a new iPad yeah, Pro with Face yeah.
1: ID that's what I'm getting not just Face ID but like Hopefully, edge-to-edge display. It's also kind of just an awkward time to buy an iPad because we're so close to it having an updated processor, and there might be new features that we don't know about. Yeah. On the other
2: hand, like iPads aren't like iPhones that people tend to upgrade yeah. a
1: lot. I mean, like, how long have you had your iPad? Like, I have, I think, the original iPad Air, so it's like five or six years old. You had and, it since I started working here. Yeah, there. <laughs> and I yeah. love this thing, and I use it every day, and I'm putting up until the new iPad pro 10.5 i haven't been tempted so now i'm tempted i'm gonna buy a new one because iOS 11 slowed my ipad down too much but the point that you're making is a good one which is you don't need to buy a new ipad every year i've gone five years i'm you know i'm what i would probably consider a power user i use it like every day and it's fine so yeah i think this is a great option for most people if you're somebody who really enjoys having the latest greatest technology or if you're hoping to use it somewhat as a tablet or a a computer replacement where you want to connect it to the keyboard you want to make sure it's really fast then i think you're probably wanting to the pro the bigger screen with the same form factor is really nice too for uh multitasking but it's a really compelling offer and it's rare that apple releases a new device that's compelling because of price
2: i feel like i've talked myself into getting one over the (laughs) course of this
0: conversation like yeah maybe i need one so this is actually all we have for you this episode we're skipping over our apps and gear section just because we had so much news this time uh but thank you so much for joining us we have two questions of the week remember let us know uh how many apps you have uh, that you've allowed Facebook access to, and if you're changing that, and also David had a second question of the week. Yeah,
1: your battery health. Are you throttling or not? If you have an older phone and is it working?
0: Yes. Yeah, so email podcasts at iphonelife.com. Also, please go and rate us in the iTunes store. It helps other people like you find our show. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us. Thanks See everyone. Thank you
1: everyone.